Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. Work. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Dang. Look me in my eyes, cause I'm a king. I'm a king. Look me in my eyes, cause I'm a king. Yeah. king. God made me punch in accurate numbers. Yeah. My castle won't crumble. Nah. What I tackle will fumble. Yeah. I've been a leader when they ain't see it, but now my feet is up. According to me, royalty didn't end with King Tut. Nah. Crown on my head, clouds is at my legs. Yeah. Big says sky is the limit. I look down on the ledge. The I push the bar like I'm opening the cell. Hands in my cookie jar, you won't come out with a single nail. You I come. need all of mine. The weight of my shoulders won't fit on a scale. What's a king to a giant? What? Well, Goliath fell. Even yeah. If we playing chess, dog, this king can't be checked. I make all my moves on the board. I invented my step. Uh-huh. I'm a king, the blood of a ruler. I feel like Mansa Musa. Musa. Make your squad disappear like landing by the Bermuda. Triangle, look at it from my angle. I'm a king, the closest thing to being one of God's angels. Yeah. I'm a king. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. crown. I put in extra work that just can't be found. Work. I took the sword out the stone, wasn't a thing. Dang. Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king Look me in my eyes cause I'm a king Yeah, 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 good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night This is the Code of Conduct with the King Podcast I am your host, Jay Spence the King And look, I'm back on a Victory Tuesday It feels like it's been a long time since I've been able to talk about a Victory Tuesday But look, we got one, we got one my boys done came out and they did what they were supposed to do in New Jersey. And they they told them New, New Jersey Jets that they had to simmer down. That boy, Mike White, was talking. He was talking reckless. Talking about I should have been the number one overall pick. If it's up to me, I was that good. At, yeah, you number one, number one victim to throw all those interceptions. She out there looking like Nate Peterman against these Buffalo Bills. You know what I'm saying? What's going on, Buffalo? What's up, Bills Mafia? I'm excited. I got a really good show today. Um, I got my homegirl, Ashley Petty, joining me. So uh, that's always fun. I love Ash. Me and Ash, we actually, now I can say we go way back because me and Ash been at this for a minute now. And um, she's a a frequent guest of the show, um, of this, of the chop up. She was with me in Buffalo when, when we released the Buffalo Rumblings IPA. Matter of fact, let me just go ahead and shout that out real quick at the top. Uh, Shout out to Resurgence. Uh, Buffalo Rumblings IPA was released. Please, please, please get out to Wegmans. Get out to consumers. Get out to Resurgence. Go downtown, 55 Chicago Street. Get down there. Try this. Try the the big berry bean that the uh, Bills Mafia Babes was able to to get out there as well. But we definitely want to support the Buffalo Rumblings IPA. This is for a good cause. We are doing everything for a good cause. This is going to support and, and help you know, just help people get on their feet that are being supported by the Haven House. The Haven House, they really take care of people who um, 
we're getting out of some some really rough situations as far as uh, domestic violence and as far as um, just any type of abuse in the home for women and children. So you want to make sure that you go out and support that. And the beer tastes good. Get out there and do it. Buffalo Rumblings IPA. It is amazing. So, again, like I said, I got Ash joining me in a, in a couple minutes. Um, so I'll bring her in shortly. But before I do, just a couple things I want to talk about. I'm not going to go in like I normally do because I got Ash joining me. Um, so first it was a victory. We got that, we got that dub. And and with that dub, like I said, it's victory Tuesday. Uh, yesterday was a real good day for me. I did my, my morning thoughts as I normally do. And, um, so I'm gonna talk about those a little bit when Ash jumps in, I'm not going to jump on those yet, but the first thing I, well, actually one of them, I do want to talk about, I do want to talk a little bit. I just want to give Isaiah McKenzie some flowers. Um, Early in the season, you know, I've been critical of special teams. I've been critical of the punt return, kick return position. Listen, Isaiah McKenzie is out here doing it now. Two weeks in a row, he shut me up, and he's just out here doing his job. And the thing is, the biggest difference from what I'm seeing when I watch the game um, compared to when I watched it early in the season, Isaiah McKenzie now has – I don't know if if something just clicked for him a couple weeks ago, or I don't know if it's just one of those things where it's like, you know what? What do I got to lose? I'm going to just go out go out and give everything I got and just do it. I don't know what it is, but Isaiah is out here and he's making quick decisions. And we all know when he gets the ball in his hand, when it's, when it's a live play, he's one of the most dangerous guys in the league. I, To be honest, I often compare him to um, Tyreek Hill. When, when Tyreek Hill gets the ball in his hands, it's scary because you don't know what he's going to do. He has a certain type of quickness and speed that most defenders in the league just don't have. I think Isaiah McKenzie is the same way for us. We just don't use him the same way. We saw him get involved in the offense again now, too. And he, you, you see what happens when you give Isaiah McKenzie the ball, or even when you just put him on the offense, you get to see um, the defense overreact. And, you know, he goes in motion and the whole defense looks like at Isaiah McKenzie. And now um, the on Emmanuel Sanders is not there because Isaiah McKenzie just being on the field, it, it, it absolutely makes a huge difference. So I just want to give Isaiah McKenzie some flowers, man. He he looks absolutely amazing. Special teams, look, it was a phase that, again, we're used to winning. We won Sunday. We won special teams. And not only did we win special teams because of Isaiah McKenzie, but Taiwan Jones is still Taiwan Jones, man. Like, he is such a is such an underrated um addition to the team when he got him when we got him back from Houston and it's such an underrated addition to the team in in the regard of obviously the people who know special teams the people who watch special teams and care about it everybody knows who Taiwan Jones is there's some fans in Bills Mafia not not good or bad I'm not I'm not making any um, negative statements about it but there are some fans who don't quite know who Taiwan Jones is and what value he brings to the team. Let me just tell you, Taiwan Jones is a guy that is going to be a sad day when he can't be who he is. He's one of the fastest gunners in the league. He's one of the, the listen, sure tacklers. When that ball is kicked and when he gets out there, you're not getting past Taiwan Jones if he's the first guy to you. You're getting tackled maybe for a loss. That's how good he is. He helps us win special teams every single week. I love it. I love it. So Isaiah McKenzie, you got, you know, you you, you got Taiwan Jones, like I mentioned. Tyler Bass, man. Is he not having an all-pro type season for a kicker? Yeah. 
Tyler Bass is having an all-pro type season for a kicker. And look, it's one of those things where you can almost say, well, we don't need a guy to be that automatic. And we don't need a guy to have that type of leg when you're playing uh, with the type of offense that we're playing with. But I'm going to tell you what, it's a luxury that, A, most teams can't afford, but B, is a luxury that most teams don't really get to experience. Um, you look at you look at teams around the league, and, I mean, how many of them can you say, like, okay, that guy's automatic. Darn it. We're going to lose. Damn, we're going to lose because he got, you know, is you're tied at the end of the game, and they get to the 35-yard line, and you just automatically know, damn, that's an L for us. The only team that I'm, like, 100% that I would say that will be, really, it would be Baltimore. Justin Tucker is about the most, uh, and I know we missed one last week, but he's he's pretty much the most accurate kicker, and he's the best kicker that we've seen in some time. He's he's history. He's money. He has the, the record for the longest kick. He has the record for um, most accurate um, season. He has the record for this. He has the record for that. He, like, he just has the records when it comes to kicking the ball. And that's cool. He deserves them. He's that dude. I promise you, Tyler Bass is going to rewrite those history books. We got a guy in Tyler Bass that's doing everything that Justin Tucker can do, but I think his leg is stronger. Think about that. That's scary. That's scary. He's super accurate with his kicks. He's efficient, but he has a stronger leg. It's insane. It's absolutely insane to think about. It's absolutely insane to say. I know uh, from my Baltimore listeners, I'm going to get some stuff because I know my cousin is a huge Baltimore fan. He's going to talk some stuff to me. I get it. This is not a homer take. This is the honest to God. Anybody who listens to this and anybody who disagrees, go and watch Tyler Bass's kicks. Go and I, I really need you to go and pay attention. Go and look at Tyler Bass kick the ball. That's all I'm going to say. Tyler Bass is that dude. He's that dude. We can still use some work on the punt. I'm a, look, I'm a little concerned about Hack. Not for all the same reasons that everybody else was concerned. I know, you know, week one, we got the block punt. And then, you know, he had a couple where he kind of shanked him off the side of his foot. And he, okay, fine. You have punters that make mistakes. Corey Bajorquez last season, a lot of Bills fans were like, dude, why are we keeping him? Because he, he would have one where he kicked it 68 yards down the field. Then the next time he punted the ball, he would kick it off the side of his foot for 12 yards. So we've experienced that even with a guy with the boom with a cannon for a leg so that's not my concern because it happens like it, it happens where every kick isn't going to be perfect he can't be brian mormon shout out to brian mormon the greatest punter in the history of buffalo bills um you know in, in or in buffalo bills history shout out to brian mormon um but you're not going to get the perfect kicker every or the perfect punter who kicks the ball perfectly every single time you're not going to get it but what i am concerned is they told me that this guy was a specialist they told me that he was top tier when it comes to directional punting and that he was top tier into that uh, corner coffin punt. You know, like, OK, if we're within a certain t- certain yardage, he can guarantee he's going to get that ball within the 10 yard line, five yard line in the corner. Going to kick it out. That's not what I'm seeing. It's not what I'm seeing. And I don't know if it's just because we might not have been in a position to do it this season for the most part. But I just have been underwhelmed, very underwhelmed, very unimpressed with Matt Hack. So 
Um, hopefully that, you know, the same type of speech and the same type of fire that was lit under uh, the running backs and lit under the offensive line with Spencer Brown coming back and, um, you know, the receivers, the, just everything. It was a fire lit under this team. I'm hoping that Hack can kind of figure this thing out because we're going to need him. We're going to need him once, you know, we're, we're halfway through November. Once December gets here, once all that other stuff gets here, it's it's um you're going to need. I'm not saying that we're not going to be able to move the ball, but there's going to be times that you're absolutely going to need your kicker. You're going to need your punter come December, come the playoffs. January, you're going to want a guy that can put that can change the field position. I talked about that for Isaiah McKenzie. You always want a guy who, when you're receiving, you're receiving punts or kickoffs, you can flip that field position and help Josh start the offense on a 35 to 40 yard line, like Andre Roberts used to do consistently. We we consistently started on like the 38, 40 yard line last season when we had Andre Roberts. That's something that Isaiah wasn't doing. Now we're consistently last two games. You see how he's he's helping us get the the ball in better positions. On the flip, you want a punter that can do the same thing, but flip the field position so that way they aren't able to return it and they're starting and they have a long way to go. We haven't been able to see that. Haven't been able to see that. Um, I do got a complaint about Bills Mafia, about my family. Let me complain about my squad. Not the team. By squad, I mean Bills Mafia, (laughs) the fan base. Um, I've been been seeing a, a ton of stuff, a ton of stuff. AJ Klein is better than or just as good as Tremaine Edmonds. And we should replace him because the money that is costing us for Tremaine on the fifth year option, the money is going to cost us to extend Tremaine Edmonds. We're getting the same type of production out of AJ Klein. We're getting this and we're getting that. Let me stop you. Okay. Let me stop you. That's a ridiculous reaction. It's a ridiculous take. And this isn't even about my love for Tremaine Edmonds. AJ Klein had a solid game. Very solid game. I pulled up his stats here. He did everything that that McDiddy needed him to do. He did everything. You know, I hope he gets more playing time this year. He's been playing here and there throughout the season. So I hope they give him some more playing time. He had eight tackles yesterday or Sunday. Looked good. Looked good. He applied some pressure. He did everything that the team asked him to do. But let's not forget who AJ Klein is. He's a good he's a good player now that the team knows how to use him. But last season, he's the same guy that everybody was asking, why is he in the game? When Tremaine first got hurt, remember last season when he had when Tremaine had the shoulder injury, this guy had an abysmal start to the season. Then he turned it around. The team figured out how to use him instead of having him try to do some things in coverage. They started to have to send him towards the quarterback, you know. He became defensive player of the week against the Chargers. 14 tackles, three for a loss, one and a half sacks in the pass breakup. That's A.J. Klein at his best. That's not A.J. Klein every week. Now, that's not Tremaine every week. That's not Tremaine every week. But Tremaine, I can promise you, is a better player than A.J. Klein. And this is no way a slight to A.J. Klein. This is no way a slight to A.J. Klein. But my issue is, why is it that we have a sector because it's not the complete. It's not the fan base. Our fan base loves our guys. But you have this portion of the fan base that tends to try and run our homegrown talent out of Buffalo. Don't believe me? Ask Stefan Gilmore. Yeah. Ask Stefan Gilmore. 
You don't believe me? Go back over the summer and ask Cody Ford how people were talking about him and calling him a disappointment. It's one thing to to critique a game and say, hey, Cody's not playing well. Hey, the team needs to move on from Cody. Hey, this is it's it's one thing to say he can't be the starting tackle. He can't be the starting guard. It's a completely different thing to speak personally about somebody and negatively about somebody like that. And I'm seeing this about Tremaine, and I'm going to just tell you, not on the King's watch, <laughs> okay? Not on, not on Zaddy's watch, okay? And I'm only, for those listening to podcast form, I'm only saying that because I'm wearing a shirt that says Zaddy. Uh, shout out to justincasebags.net. Let me go ahead and throw that up real quick, too. Shout out to justincasebags.net. The shirt that I'm wearing today, I got the Zaddy one on. We also have the King shirts. And then we got them for the Queens because you know how we do it. The King got to look out for the Queens. Shout out to the Bills Mafia Babes. But definitely, definitely shout out to JustInCaseBags.net. We got something for everybody. And it's just in case you're leaving the gym, just in case you're leaving work and you need to freshen up for a dinner date, just in case you're meeting somebody for a sneaky little link and you got to do what you got to do. Go ahead and get it. We got something for the fellas. We got something for the ladies. And I'm going to tell you, they're dope. They're dope. This is the, the, the bag for the fellas. And here's the bag for the ladies. It's something really, really fresh. So make sure y'all go ahead and check them out. Make sure y'all go ahead and check them out. But in all seriousness, the way people were talking about Cole Beasley, the way people were talking about Cody, come on, man. We can't get personal with these guys. These guys are doing everything to bring you all the, the fun and joy and attention that you need every single week. You gotta, let's, let's relax. I promise you. I'm not going to allow my guy, Tremaine Edmonds, to be ran out of town by a fan base. No, no, no. Because at the very least, now, if, if, if we run him out, I guarantee you, though, one thing is for damn sure, he's going to hear every single week until that point from somebody, from me. He's going to hear from at least one person. You a dog. You a beast. You're an animal. He's going to hear at least once a week on a chop up about how we going to count the bodies that he's been collecting all season. He's going to hear. He's going to hear it. If not from anybody else, he's going to hear it from me. And that's going to be a fact as long as I'm around. It's going to be the same way for, for all these other guys. I'm going to show some love in a little bit to somebody else, but my homegirl ready. My homegirl ready. So we're going to go ahead and bring her in. We're going to talk about this. I'm going to bring this back up. So. Let's get it. Y'all already know how I do it here, so I ain't even gonna, gonna do the thing. This is a Jay Spence exclusive. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as promised, I told y'all I was gonna bring my homegirl in, and she is here. Miss Ashley Petty, what is going on? What up, what up? Happy to be here. So, so for those of you who don't know, Ashley Petty, um, not only is she just like one of the coolest people I know, but she, um, so the Why So Serious podcast that was last season, you're gonna bring it back next season? Yeah, we're got we're revamping a little. We got some some things in in the works. So we will see next year what we've got going on. We're really excited to come back uh, stronger than we were before. So I'm looking forward to it. I, I miss hearing Stevie's. Um, and and I know even last year he wasn't necessarily on every episode and he wasn't you know involved with everything. But when he does jump in, I I love hearing his um just his expertise on what he sees and how he views the game. He's it's tough now because we got so many guys on the team that I'm just like in love with. But yep. he's always been like my favorite, like for, like literally all time favorite Bills player. 
And um, so, yeah, I can't wait for that to come back. And I can't wait to to get you more active because you, you've been chilling this year. I don't like it. I don't like it. It's not that I've been chilling. I'm just working like three and a half jobs. I got like a live streaming app that I make the money on. And then I do like three jobs right now. So I'm I'm working hard, just not in the football realm currently. But right. hopefully well, we're going to scale back a little so we can get back more into the podcast world because I miss it here. But no, make your money. I support the the, the the hustle. Make make the money. So, but before I brought you in here though, so I was I was starting to go on a rant, and then I was like, you know what? No, Ashley's ready. Let me let me bring Ashley in. So I was going on this rant because I feel like um, there's a portion of the fan base. It's not the entire fan base. I, I still think that Bills Mafia is probably the best fan base in the league, and I'm not saying it because I'm part of it. I really feel like we are. Like all the charitable things that we do. Um, we take care of each other. We like even just uh, getting to know you and Kristen, like hearing all the stuff that happens in the babes chat on Facebook, like how, what do you like adopt a babe or whatever you, you ladies have and all this stuff that y'all yeah. do. It's just an awesome community. So I feel like the fan base itself is dope, mm-hmm. but there's a certain part of the fan base that, that we have a bad habit of running off a lot of our homegrown star players and i brought mm-hmm. up stefan gilmore um this earlier this year over the summer it was cody ford now cody hasn't played well so i no. understand <laughs> i understand critiquing his game and saying hey the team needs to trade him get this guy out of here i get mm-hmm. that but when you're talking and saying things that kind of come to a person's character and a personality or you're like talking about them in a personal way i just feel like we crossed the line you know we did the same thing years ago and we um you know we got our Marshawn Lynch traded out of Buffalo and yep. we got like, well, you could probably go down the line over oh, the yeah. summer. Cole Beasley with the COVID thing, people were tripping. <laughs> Everybody on him. was trying to run him out of town. And it's like, you know, so we don't have to get into the COVID talk. I don't no. want to go there, no, no, but no. <laughs> bringing it back up to this AJ over Tremaine thing. And people are saying like now, Hey, so Tremaine is on his fifth year option and we're paying him all this money. And AJ Klein is giving us the same production and blah, 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 blah. How, how do you feel when you hear, Replace Tremaine with AJ Klein. Is it just me? Am I the only one tripping? I had no words. The first tweet I saw saying something like that, I was just sitting there scratching my head like, in what world are we living where you're trying to replace Tremaine Edmonds with AJ Klein? That's an absolutely ridiculous thought. I don't even know why you're thinking that. We literally moved up in the draft to take this guy. Brandon Bean loves this guy. That is one of his guys. He's not going to just trade him away because he costs a little more money. We've clearly shown that we're not afraid to pay people. Look at Josh Allen's contract. They're not going to let Tremaine Edmonds walk. Absolutely not. Of course, they're going to, you know, figure out a contract that's conducive to both him and us. You know, they've been backloading these contracts that they've been mm-hmm. taking on. So I, I just don't understand where this is coming from. I think it's just because for so many years we didn't have this depth. We didn't have depth behind our starters. It was just such a drop off from, you know, one to two that mm-hmm. people aren't used to the backups being good as the starters are. I wouldn't say, you know, they're at the same level, but you shouldn't be keeping AJ Klein over Tremaine Edmonds in any, I don't know, in any sane person's mind, in my opinion, Tremaine Edmonds is always number one. Well, no, but you know what? You're so right because even, um, so like, just go back five years ago six years ago and for instance when shady got injured when his ankle was was hurt yeah we had like so there was a year where we had uh carlos and carlos showed up Mm -hmm. but 
other times when it wasn't Carlos, I mean, we didn't have, it, it's not like we had okay. like, boom, let's do this. Um, receivers go down. We, we talked about Stevie. When Stevie yep. was on the roster, after Stevie, it was kind of like, okay. And don't get we'll me wrong. Like, guy. Why not? Yeah, like <laughs> like we had guys. So, I mean, I, with all respect to, to the players that we all love and, and respect, but at the same time, with all respect to the players that we love and respect, like these guys didn't make the playoffs for 17 years. And yeah, you have certain guys who, who could be considered stars that came through here, but we didn't have those deep rosters like we have now. So, so to your point, like now, okay. Yeah. AJ Klein can come in and fill in when Tremaine's hurt, but let's not act like they're the same. Like these guys are not the same. Talk to me when AJ has a pro bowl under his belt or at least something of that nature. And, and and not only just the Pro Bowl, but it's like, and I know a lot of people are like, yeah, you, you want to use the excuse that he's only 23. Uh, actually, yeah, I do want to yeah. use that because he's playing he's playing better than 85% of the other linebackers in the league right now, and he's only 23. Like, exactly. He's already got, this is his fourth season. I mean, come on. He's, so like, in his fourth season, he's only 23, and he's, you're you're drafting guys that are rookies that are 23. Correct. So now you have a guy right now who has four years experience. He's a captain. He's made the Pro Bowl. He's uh, I, I just don't I just I don't even want to I don't even want to talk. He's to your mic too. Like what? No. <laughs> like it just doesn't make sense. So we can right. move on from that. I just kind of wanted your input because I was going on this whole rant. And no, it's actually, I completely I mean, agree with you. Absolutely. I'm just saying all the listeners are actually lucky though, to be honest, because you was ready when I was going in. I was like, I was going there and then you was like, all right, I'm ready. And I'm like, all right, I'm gonna bring her in. Cause if not, I'm gonna talk on this for 45 minutes. And y'all know me when it comes to Tremaine. So, right. but anyway, I sent you some questions earlier. Let's um <laughs> let's get to the let's get to the conversation that me and you were supposed to have. So Sunday, our Buffalo Bills went down to New Jersey and they did the damn thing like they were supposed to do it. Finally. Um, yeah, finally, finally. Uh, cause the, the Jaguars game was a little, a lot, dis- it was very disappointing. Extremely. What did you see from this game in New Jersey that made you, you know, like what, what stood out to you that said, because there's, there's a, is a, you can look at it from two sides. One is like, well, it's the Jets or it's like, well, no, it don't matter who it is. These guys are back. W- how do you see it? Like what stood out to you to make you feel confident that they're back? Well, I love just the business like mindset they took into this game. You know, Sean McDermott said they're not playing games. All the media was like, they're not dancing this week. You know, I love that they, you know, took that loss and became resilient and really got out there and showed that they know how to play football. They just got embarrassed by this team. And I mean, a lot of good teams last week got embarrassed by a horrible team. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. But either way, it's going to happen. You're going to face adversity throughout your season. And these guys were really resilient. I mean, that secondary, almost everybody had to take over. You got Josh on the rebound. And, I mean, that offensive line looked completely different with Spencer Brown back in there. So those were probably my top three was the secondary, Josh, and then the offensive line. I mean, the wide receivers looked back on because they were dropping passes last week, but they were catching this week. And our offense just looked like they had so many levels of depth. I mean, you bring in Isaiah McKenzie, that provides a completely different dimension. That brings Mm -hmm. it, you bring in Matt Breida, who hasn't even played it all season, scoring on his, the first drive of the game. You, You just bring in all these pieces that you haven't been utilizing. And Brian Dable called an absolute masterful game. And granted, like we said, it's the Jets, but... They just, on every aspect of special teams, offense and defense, played a complete game. 
I agree. At the top of this, so in my little monologue piece that I was doing, I actually said, like, you know, we won all three phases of the game. It wasn't mm-hmm. just like the offense was dominant and the defense didn't have to do No, the defense completely – I know the scorer said 17. That game, it was not even as close as it looked. And it didn't right. look close. But, not like, we absolutely dominated that game. And I think you're right. Brian Dabo had a comeback game too because yep. – you know, going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars, everybody thought we were going to do to them what we did against the Jets, and that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So, um, but to your point, you know what? You you give me these nuggets. I didn't even bring up uh, Breida earlier. Yeah. What do you? What's your take on Breida with the running game? Because it, Zach Moss and and uh, Devin Singletary have had some. They've had some rough. Uh, it's a weird tandem. I'm not going to lie. Like I thought it was going to be really successful. I mean, Zach Moss saw a lot of success last year. But then he got the injury and it kind of like, I don't know, it just, he kind of fell off a little bit for me. And then Devin is still like here and there, like I fumbled it a couple of times. So maybe I'm a little nervous here and there. But then Matt Breida brings that veteran presence. He's been there longer than those two guys and just absolutely blew it out of the water. I think he has something to prove. So that's why he's out here running all over the field. And that provides a little bit of comfort for, you know, Singletary Moss, that there is a third guy that can help them them out if they're overwhelmed with the workload that they're getting, which, to be honest, isn't even really that much. But maybe it's just rotating the three of them is what works for this offense. I, I was kind of reminded of past Patriots offenses that just threw in a running back every week and it was somebody different every week that was successful. That's kind of what this looks like for us. So maybe that's just what works for this team. I hope, but see the difference with those Patriots teams, at least to me, to my recollection, when I look back on those, because they had Tom Brady, they had a Mm -hmm. better offensive line. So it was one of those things where, yeah, you could grab me off my couch and be like, all right, man, I just need you to go out there and get four, get three and a half yards. You go out there, get three and a half yards on second down. We're good. Like, and the thing is, I, this week I can't yell at him, but last week I was so disappointed with the running game because, you know, we had nine rushes for 22 yards. So, I, you know, it, I think the average was like 2.4 yards to carry. You couldn't even get three yards, you know, so because the thing is, if you if you take that average and you just say you're like, you know what, I'm going to run the ball. Forget it. I'm going to mm. run the ball. That means you're not even averaging a first down every four plays. Nope. You know, like you're not you're not even able to get a first down handing the ball off four times in a row. And that's it's just something that, um, you know, you expect. So from Bills fans, I feel like we've been spoiled over the years with yep. great running back play. Now, we didn't have the quarterbacks, um, you know, after Jim and after I, my personal favorite from all of that time was Flutie. I feel mm-hmm. like after Flutie, <laughs> we had such a drop off and then. Um, you know, we had some hope, you know, Tyrod came and took us to the playoffs, but it, it just wasn't quite the quarterback play that we wanted, but we always had right. run. We had shady. We had CJ Spiller. We had, uh, you know, we, we've had Freddie and we had all Freddie. these guys that just, that just do it. And now it's like, oh man, we need to run a game to pick it up. We needed to pick it up. So, you know, I, I hope that, I hope that Matt Breida is that missing link. Like I hope he's that mm-hmm. extra speed that we're looking for. Or I hope that, you know, and maybe it's just a different look. Maybe it's not even about him having something that they don't have. Right. It's just a different look. I don't know. But uh, so do you think the team is going to go forward? You think we're still going to get him involved or you think it was kind of like, OK, guys, Zach and, and uh, Devin, you're going to lose your job. You know, how do you see it? 
I don't think they're going to lose their job, but I definitely think, you know, that's an option that these guys have moving forward if it's in their plans, you know, and they have enough people that are inactive or injured or COVID list, what have you. I think that was another factor in why he played. You know, you have Starla Tula layout, you have Tremaine out, two normal starters are off. I mean, it's it's an option. And it just, like we said before, it provides another level of depth that in, a, in another look that, you know, now teams have only seen one time. You know, we mm -hmm. didn't have them before this year. So that gives us something new and it gives us an option just like, you know, people are never expecting whatever Isaiah McKenzie's going to do. Yeah. So. I was so happy that um, they finally started to get him more involved in the offense again, because that was my critique. So I'm always hard on special teams because mm -hmm. I feel that special teams is like way more important than a lot of us want to say. But mm -hmm. the thing is, I feel like we're doing or for the bulk of the season so far, I felt like we were doing Isaiah a disservice because Absolutely. I feel like he's far more valuable as a wide receiver in the offense than he ever has been and ever can be as a punt and kick returner. I don't care if he's great. He could be great. Like, he could be the best punt returner in the league. But I feel like what he gives us on offense, he scares teams. So, like, mm -hmm. just him being on a – even if we're not going to go to him, you got three guys paying attention to him, and then all of a sudden Emmanuel Sanders is wide open uh, on a go route or something, or Diggs is open on a slant. And it's like, oh, that came just because Isaiah literally ran across the field in motion and you right. moved four defenders at one time. What did you? How impressed were you with what we saw from Dayball uh, play calling, putting Isaiah back in the game plan? I mean, I loved seeing Isaiah McKenzie. I think he's invaluable on those gadget plays, and you know he provides a distraction and another you know layer of that offense that isn't seen a lot. Like you said, we've really been doing him a disservice by him not playing as much as he should have been this year. And to truly see him come out of his shell this week and kind of explode a little bit, I mean. He did have a touchdown. Like, wasn't mm -hmm. it the one where everybody was confused? Because I was confused on one of those plays where someone went up the middle and then he totally flew out on the side and ran it in. I think that was I him, was, right? I was concerned about his ankle. Like, and I know he actually oh, that came injury, back and he ended up playing. Yeah, I was nervous. I was nervous. Do you? Do, I, did we hear anything? Um, I know. So yesterday being Monday, I know it was like a, a off day anyway. They don't practice on on those days. I didn't hear anything uh, as of today yet, but I hope he's not injured. I hope he's not um, like going to have any time out for like because, you know, you you get hit during the game, but then like your adrenaline still keeps you going. And then yep. a couple of days later, it's like, oh, he's sore. He's not going to be able to practice. Yeah, today. no, I definitely uh, wrote down that I got a little anxiety when he went down because, you know, that's not only, like you said, such a valuable asset to this offense, but that's your kicker turner right now. And I'll tell you what, I didn't see as worried as I was about losing Andre Roberts. I didn't see much of a drop off between him and Isaiah he's provided just the spark that Roberts did I'm gonna disagree with you he has lately the last two games okay the yeah, last fair. two games um early and and I can't so because I get beat up a lot because I've been critical of of Isaiah on this show and people in the comments and people on Twitter is like what do you mean he's like so like for the first like four weeks of the season he was leading the league in punt return uh or kick return average yard mm -hmm. per kick the thing with that is the very first game of the season, he had that 75-yard return against the Steelers. Everything after that, he was averaging, um, like, if so if you take that one kick return out, he was averaging about 18 yards. So he wasn't even getting to the 25-yard line. He wasn't even getting to the 20-yard line. So it would be like, no, nah, you should just down it in the end zone, and then we're good. Like, that, that's what it should have been. 
So without that one big one, his numbers don't look as inflated. Yeah. Punt return have absolutely not been that good. Now, I do know also, I, I understand that there's been some holding calls and some things that have held him back. So I'm yep. not saying it's 100% on Isaiah. Isaiah, once he gets the ball, the dude is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. My, my issue with him starting the season off was mental. Like uh, the one kickoff return where he let it bounce and then it was a turnover. After 10 yards, that's a turnover. That Got to catch it. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, but again, like I love Isaiah. So this isn't me like hating and, and piling it on. It's more so I'm very critical about special teams because I think it's so important and we, we ignore it way too much. We ignore it way too much. It is. So, and I was worried. I'm like, who are we taking Micah next? Like who's our kick returner? If he's out, it's gotta be Micah, right? Yeah. Micah f- fair catch Micah. And I, yeah, I was going to say, you don't want him trying to run it down the field. Absolutely not. Mm-mm. No, no, we, we don't need him running <laughs> at no. all. You, you fair catch, you sit there, just all day, just catch, just catch. I don't want you doing nothing else, Micah, nothing else. Yep. Speaking of Micah, let's, let's get to the defense a little bit. Cause um, so you mentioned earlier, and, and I think I mentioned earlier as well at the beginning of the show, like, so five, all five guys in, in the secondary got a turnover, right? So this season I've been on my whole, um, Jordan Poyer for all pro or I riot. Like that's my campaign. Matter of fact, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hit him up or I'm a hit his, like his representation up and see if we could collab on a shirt or something. Cause I, or if he can make the shirt, I don't care. I'll buy it and support it. He just came out with the big dub sweatshirts. I saw that, but I want to see a Jordan Poyer for all pro or we riot shirt. Like literally I wanted to say Poyer for all pro or we riot. I want that. There's literally no way that he can get overlooked this year. Like, I just don't see how, because not only him, but Micah too, they're both having an incredible year. And you can't understate how important they are to this defense. So, I mean, I just don't see Jordan Poyer not getting off. I I don't know. Well, let me ask you this, because, um, because, yeah, I agree with you about Micah Hyde. I obviously agree about Jordan Poyer. I, I think Trey has already proven to us in the past that he's trey so like we yep. don't even need to talk about trey uh taron johnson has been first of all brandon bean i love you dude can i just tell brandon bean <laughs> how much Thank i love God him you brought for, him back Whew. you know it's like come on man and so he's playing lights out but levi wallace i feel like this dude um he's been he's been so much better than than not just bills fans but people in general want to give him credit for he was that guy so he's an undrafted free agent Right. Mm-hmm. He came in. It seems like every year, OK, we're going to get some competition for cornerback, too. And they always bring in somebody to try to go against Levi. Last year, they brought in uh, Josh Norman. You know, he ended up getting <laughs> stiff arm from Nashville all the way out to San Francisco, where he's playing now. <laughs> and then, you know, they drafted Dane Jackson, who's good. And he's mm-hmm. on this roster, but you know everybody in the con, or you know everybody. Well, Dane Jackson's gonna gonna beat out Levi because Levi is not that good. Yeah, guess who's starting now? They brought him back. This guy came back on a one year, one point seven five million dollar contract. Yep. Is he not outperforming his damn contract? Like, what are, what are your thoughts on Levi? I hate to say it. I was one of the people on the Dane Jackson train. I was a huge fan of just what a playmaker he was when it, you know, he, his number was called, but I will eat my words. You know, Levi has had an incredible year, much better than I thought he would be, which kudos to him. I'm glad. I'm glad to see it. Whoever can do their job to the utmost best ability, like he has done this year and truly proven that he belongs there. 
you know, he, he deserves it. He has outplayed his contract. I, I wonder if they're just going to give him another one year like they've been doing the last couple years or if they're really going to give him, you know, a two to three year, you know, a little bit of an extension. I wonder where they're going to go with that. Extend that man. I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a be the first one to say it live on air. We need to extend that man. Get that man a three-year extension. I'm even cool with like a two-year deal, whatever. But give, right. him, give him a couple years. Let him come in. He He's earned that money. He's yeah. earned it. He's playing hard like this on a one point. He could have went elsewhere and made more money. That was yep. a known fact. And he came back because he felt like we were going win to win it all this year. And he's balling. Like I had some notes on him earlier. Let me see if I can pull those up real quick because it's just impressive to me um, what he's doing because on one side of it, um, like last year, one of the things how I used to defend him is like, well, you know, it's the team scheme anyway. Like, you know, they, uh-huh. it's a bend but don't break. They say give up everything between the 20s. And then like once you get into the red zone, all right, clink, clink, let's time to lock it down. That's not the case this year. Nah. The team, the Bills have probably the most stingy defense in the league. And, he's and I'm telling opposite. you, Scarlett yeah. Tulele being back is the reason why. Yeah. I have said this for a yeah. year and a half. He's finally back in, and look at what we have. I was, I'm on the same with you. Because last year, everybody was like, well, if Star ain't that big of a dip, Star ain't this and Star ain't that. I said, okay. And the moment he gets back, the defense looks completely Lights different. Lights out. Completely different. And, and the thing is, even even when he was coming back, and I'm gonna pick on my guy Joe Miller for a second too. Joe was like, "Well, he lost some weight. He slimmed down. He don't. He he looks quick, but no, that's not the star we need. We need." And I'm like, "Come on, Joe." Then you had other people saying like, "Star ain't gonna be." I just got to pick on Joe because that's my dude. But it. then you got other people. But other people was really talking about him. Like Joe Joe wasn't really skeptical. He was just thinking like, maybe we need the big guy to plug up the middle, and we don't want him right. to lose weight. But then you had other people who really had takes like. Star is not that good. He were paying him too much. He don't even need to be on his team. He's not worth his contract. Is he worth the contract now? 100% because you have that, you know, he's the first layer defense. Your linebackers and your secondary are going to perform a whole lot better if that line mm-hmm. is holding up where they're supposed to. And we've seen yeah. that time and time again this year. Yeah, and so I'm with you. But but I don't want to, because I was we were literally Sorry, about I to straight. go on a tangent. No, 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 you're star. good. No, because I, I was with you. I'm like, yeah, because Star is the man. But so with Levi, though, because like, again, like it was between the 20s, like give up. Ben, don't don't break. Look, that's not what's happening. That is not what's happening. It's one of the stingiest defenses in the league. Um, he's opposite Trey. So, you know, teams are going to be like, well, let's pick on this guy over here because we're not going to throw the Trey all the time. And guess what's happening? Three and outs. We're getting teams off the field where it's the if we don't have the best defense after this past week, we're still like top two. I, I didn't even look oh, at the, yeah. the numbers. We're not giving up yards on the ground. We're not giving up yards in the air like teams just can't do anything against us. No. So it's like I, I just I have no idea what happened, where this came from. But when I tell you I love that man, Levi Wallace, I need that man, Levi Wallace, to get that extension. I need, I need it to happen. I need uh, it to I'll happen. agree. I'll agree with that. <laughs> it's just, I just, I just don't, I just don't understand. Now, okay, before I go that far, wait a minute. I got to talk to Sterling and I got to talk to my guys that, that know college football to see if there's any cornerbacks that might fall to us at 32. If there's a good cornerback that can fall to us <laughs> yep. at the 32 position, then maybe I'm not, you know, okay, I don't know. But if it ain't no absolute stud that you feel like is going to beat her at 32, I don't want it. 
I don't want no. anybody. It just give is me offensive is. line. Give me. That's off- what I want. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I hate to say it, but... Give me, please, no, we need a guard. We need a guard. Now, we extended Daryl Williams, so he's here for a couple more years, you know, so Daryl at right guard, I'm fine with. Yeah, that's great. Spencer at right tackle, I'm fine with. It's Feliciano. And... Like, so earlier, I talked about how how the fan base sometimes will try to run guys out of town and they talk bad about him. Look, this is me saying he's not playing well. We need better performance on the line. I'm not coming at his character. I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I love Mongo. He's doing something in Buffalo for the holidays um, with with one of my favorite charities out there. I think Lorenzo Alexander actually used to do it with them as well over there on the west side. Got a lot of stuff going on. I love Mongo. Mm -hmm. But, bro, I love Josh Allen more. And you're not (laughs) protecting my quarterback and you're not protecting my running backs. We got to do better. So I'm with you. We got to draft. If there's a guy at 32, because that's what we're going to be. You yep. feel like that too, right? <laughs> I sure hope so. <laughs> yeah, so I need some. I need the best available offensive lineman at thirty-two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bring I hate Levi. To say back. It, but that's yeah, that's where my brain is in the draft. I'm not big yeah. on college ball or draft either, but we'll offensive find out. line just sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah, no, it does, and and then because then even when Spencer's back, like he was Sunday, and the line looks good, you know, it, it looked a whole lot better. Nice the thing day. is though. You saw what happened a week before because now our offensive line is in an abbreviated sense is everything that our team was for the last two decades. We don't have the depth on the offensive line that we have, for instance, in the, if if Diggs gets injured. Yeah, it hurts. But Emmanuel Sanders is still a very good receiver. Cole right. Beasley is a very good receiver. Gabe Davis, Gabriel Davis is a very good receiver. So in the wide receiver space, we're good. Running back space, I think we could bring um, Williams off the practice squad yep. and, and we'll still get not that our running backs are great because we just talked about how they haven't been up to par but i like williams i like brita mm-hmm. i like so we still that offensive line spencer brown goes down and you see what happens it's a mess who so, would have no. thought that this rookie coming in was gonna have such a big impact on this offense? i mean okay no yes, you did. i'm only i'm only i'm only i'm only gonna brag or or have this type of flex on it because specifically for Sterling from cover one specifically I had him on here and we were talking at the early it was like week two and we had a bad offensive line performance and I was like I think it's time that we call Spencer Brown up man he he did this he graded out like this and he did that and Sterling was like nah not this season man he just ain't it he ain't ready for it we go probably another two seasons before he get and I was like nah dude we need Spencer Brown he was like nah Spence I'm telling you look at it Look at Look it. At it so, now. Yeah, this time I'm a, I'm gonna yeah. pat myself for that one. Just hey, and I just, just his personality off the field too just fits Buffalo so so well. On the field, he's like on even like too, off the yeah. field too. But he, he I love how he, he talks so much crap. I love that. I love, I love that. when he. He was waving by to like one of the players. He was there was another player who was like real short, and he's like, I can't even see you, man. Like where? Are yeah, you at? yo, that I, I that love was it. So funny. I love it. I love it. So yeah, I'm with you. Let's let's talk about something a little bit more fun. I feel like everybody can can enjoy and get into this one. Um, after after the win, is Josh firmly in the MVP race? Because I feel like he was like one foot in, one foot out. Then we got the Jaguar loss, and it's like, oh, that's ugly, Josh. Where are we at? How you feel with Josh in, in this MVP race? I mean, I have to say yes. You look at every other MVP candidate, and 
every single one of them has faced some sort of adversity. I mean, Kyler Murray hasn't even played the last two games. You got Lamar Jackson, who just lost to the Dolphins. Patrick Mahomes isn't having the best season by any means because his team's record clearly shows that. I mean, Allen had his tough loss. Who's Who else is – Dak Prescott lost to the Broncos. That wasn't expected either. So, like, really – everybody's had a struggle at some point. And then Derrick Henry, you know, he's out for the season. Mm -hmm. So everybody that was in that conversation, literally within the last few weeks has had some sort of struggle. Yep. So it's all how they bounce back now. And I think that's what's more important moving forward in this conversation is how are these players all going to bounce back and prove themselves to be the MVP? Yeah, no, I agree. I, so, so before... Um, before all the injuries and all this craziness that was going on, the way I had it, I had um, Kyler Murray. Then I had, uh, I hate to say this, even though I love him now, I have no hatred in my heart for Tom Brady. Since oh, he's Tom no Brady. Yeah. New, yeah. Tom, well, Tom was having that type of, even mention that. Washington just, just took care of time. And then, um, and then after that, I actually had Josh fourth because I had Lamar Jackson third. I feel yeah. like um, the year that Lamar Jackson won MVP, he's playing better this year than he did the year that yeah. he won MVP and he still has less weapons. His top two running backs are out on injured reserve. His number one right receiver is Sammy Watkins. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so, Oh no, I'm sorry. Holly, I'll, I'll respect to Hollywood Brown, but yeah. it's not like he has yeah. Stefan Diggs out there. You get what I'm saying? Like he's, mm -hmm. he's not. So I, I felt Lamar should be in that conversation, but so you feel like Josh is there though. Like, we're, Oh we're yeah. To, to I, go I definitely think he still has a shot. And I mean, the schedule that we have coming up now looks a lot harder than it did a few weeks ago, um, mm -hmm. in my opinion. But I think if they truly buckle down and have the mindset going into the rest of these games that they did, you know, this week, want to know every week is all you got to keep focused on. Yeah, one of my, my every morning or every Monday morning, I do either like my victory Monday thoughts or like my my thoughts on the loss. And one of the thoughts about this week's win was, you know, 3-0 and in the division sounds good. You know, like right now, I get it. Like we lost last week to um, the Jaguars. But look, the first, the first and easiest way to get to the playoffs is to win your division. Mm -hmm. After that, you absolutely want the conference. But the first step is winning your division. And right now, we're halfway there. Yep. We're 3-0. and And I agree with your point that um, our division is starting to look, or not just our division, but our schedule is starting to look a little more difficult. And I think the only reason why I feel like that is only because of the Patriots. The Patriots yep. have improved a bit. They look good. But I'm not scared. And no. so now I don't know if this is me being cocky or if this is because um, I feel like now I, I, I watch the game pretty good. And, I, you know, I think I have a good understanding of the game. I feel like this defense is still going to confuse Mac Jones. I'm not 100%. worried. About so, you know, but it, w when you say the schedule is getting difficult now or a little more difficult than we thought, um, are, do you have the same thoughts or are you looking at a different team right now that's like, well, they might be a little difficult too? No, it's kind of the the Patriots were kind of where I had my eye on. I mean, Baker Mayfield did go down during that game. So who's to say that, you know, it was just the Patriots um, being really good. It might have been them losing their quarterback also. But, I mean, the Saints, I'm 50-50 I'm on them. They could go either way. The Colts look good right now. Um, I mean, I don't know. It just JT. You still got Tampa Bay on your schedule. That's still going against Tom Brady again. You mm -hmm. still got Carolina, who looked pretty good at the beginning of the season. Maybe not as much now, but they just got Cam Newton, and look at how good he looked. Let's be honest here. I shout out to look, my dog. I, I kind of root for Cam as much of an outlier or outcast as he may be. I still kind of root for him a little bit. I don't know why. 
I, I don't kind of like I roof him. I full fled. I go hard for him. And so they played the, the uh, Cardinals this past Sunday. And, Correct, you know, yeah. so I, I went out to the game and I didn't expect him to play. So I didn't even wear oh. my cam jersey because, well, they they made the announcement that that uh, Walker right. was going to start and all of that stuff. So I'm like, OK, he don't know the playbook, so they're not going to put him in. Very first drive, they get down to the goal line. I think it's like maybe second and two, second and three. Cam gets in, runs a sweep, touchdown. I'm losing my mind. Like, I'm losing <laughs> my shit. Second drive, then he comes in, then he throws a touchdown. Two touchdowns and two drives. So he literally was on the field for two plays and scores two touchdowns. I'm losing it. So I'm just letting everybody know for the remainder of the season, obviously it's Bills first. And for me, now that I live where I live, it's Cardinals second because that's my NFC team. But my my dog Cam is back, and I'm about to talk <laughs> major crap. Which is, so don't get mad when y'all see me with my jerseys and stuff again. Cam is my dude. I'm happy about that. I was gonna bring Cam up, but I ain't want to do it because hey, everybody's sick. And it's all right. Like it's okay to like individual players on other teams. Like yeah. I love Larry Fitzgerald. I always will. He'll always be a mainstay on any fantasy team that I have. Just very reliable and a very good guy off the field. I mean, we all have people that we like that aren't necessarily a Bills player. So. It's yeah. all right. Every every year in fantasy, I draft Justin Tucker. <laughs> he's he's my kicker. <laughs> See, everybody has a fantasy mainstay too. Like it is what it is. Yep. yep, every single time. So um, but yeah, I agree with you though about the Josh take. I think I think Josh is is absolutely right there in, yep. in the grand scheme of things for MVP. I think um I would like to see him clean up a little bit and i know for instance the the interception sunday some want to say it's his fault some say it wasn't however you want to look at that that's fine i want to see him clean up the turnovers we gotta we gotta get to a point where um yeah i know it was only one three touchdowns one interception i want to get to the point where we're seeing four touchdowns three touchdowns zero interceptions zero fumbles zero like we got to get back to that place where we're not turning the ball over because he was there for um, a very long time he doesn't turn the ball over often yeah, and I'm proud of him. I mean, it, it, the the steps forward that he's taken is like you can you can you can't help but be proud of him. But mm-hmm. he has moments where and and I I don't I'm not even going to say I don't want to do the sugar high Josh thing or talk like that because I don't think he's regressed. I don't think he's gone no, back to anything. Definitely not. I just I just think he's a dog. He's a winner. So mm-hmm. when when things are breaking down around him and he feels like people aren't going to help him win, he's going to go and get that W himself, and that's what mm-hmm. happens. But. But yeah, whatever, whatever. Let's um. So let's um. I'm not gonna. I, I feel like I'm. I'm taking your time. So let. let nah, I got two more questions for you. Um. Let's talk a little. Let's let's stick with Josh a little bit. I feel like offense is fun. People like talking offense. So yeah. Um. I feel like Josh and Steph got they got they mojo back. You know, like they got their chemistry going again. They lit the league on fire. Mm-hmm. So, um, what do you feel like was the main key that kind of helped them get back on track? I mean, I think just the fact that last week was such a spin out and they couldn't get anything going. It seemed like all the wide receivers were on a disconnect last week. I mean, Cole Beasley never used to draw passes. And this year, he's just been left and right dropping things. And it's so Mm -hmm. unlike him. But anyways, we're not talking about Beasley. We're talking about Stefan. I mean, the Jets are bad. Let's be honest. That was probably one of my high keys. That They're just (laughs) not a good football team. And they haven't been for years. And they don't really look like they're on the way up. I mean, Mike White looked okay for a little bit, but our defense exposed the hell out of him. And he, I don't know. We'll see with uh, Zach Wilson. But I think the offensive line really just doing what they were supposed to do, providing Josh Allen the time to actually throw the ball. 
And, you know, Stefan being that get up and go get it receiver also helps so much. The fact that he can just tower over these corners to pick up the ball. I mean, that touchdown he had where we had to do it over because, you know, we got a penalty on the first one. He just did the same damn thing on the second play again and said, nope, we're, we're getting this touchdown. So He's, he said it's, it's happening and I don't care what yep. y'all think is happening. And a big and you thing know too that I didn't mention is their chemistry. I just think their chemistry is uh, it's unmatched in the NFL. Like I, I mean, there obviously are quarterbacks with chemistry on their wide receivers, but you see there's on and off the field. Like, and it just translates that brotherhood translates on the field to their success. Yeah. And, and the thing I love about it, too, is um, it's not always just the good. Like, it's not always mm-hmm. just the the fun and games. Like when you see them joking and laughing, you also see Steph check Josh when Josh is kind of yep. out of control. You see Josh get Steph like reel him in like, hey, man, I need you. I need you. And I, I love that they have that um, camaraderie, chemistry and mm-hmm. trust in each other, because a lot of teams, um, you know, we see it time and time again, number one wide receivers and the quarterbacks, something start to happen. Mm-hmm. Then, it, you know, everybody thought Diggs was a diva before he got here and he was <laughs> yep. no re-requesting it. You don't see that at all. These guys are best Not friends. They love each other. And I love it. Uh, before we get off of this game, um, I saw something. Um, I saw something right before we came on that I'm, I don't know how I didn't catch this earlier. I'm, I want to bring this in and just get your take on this. I know I didn't prepare this for you. I didn't. Um, it's nothing bad. So Rex Ryan has a take about the New York Jets. And oh, since we Lord. just played the Jets, they were talking about how the Jets obviously are performing and aren't performing. You know, they're not doing well. He had a very, very strong take about the head coach. So I want, <laughs> I want to get your opinion on this. Um, let me see. Let me bring this in and uh, let's see how you feel about this. This is a horrendous defense. You know, now they're going to use, well, we never had our safety. So what? Everybody has a million injuries, let alone a above average safety you're missing. I remember playing without five corners. It never looked like this. I think we were fifth in the league that year in defense. This guy's supposed to be a defensive guru. I heard everything, and I take it personal on this one. Everything I heard about was, well, this guy's a lot like a lot like myself, but without the, the bad part. Yeah, well, some of the bad part you need. Because this team doesn't play with any any damn heart. It, I mean, that that's the thing that's disappointing to me. And don't ever compare this guy to me, this Robert Sala. <laughs> one time we were like a top defense. All right, four. Out of, here's one thing they're going to be familiar with: four out of five years, the 49ers were dead last in their division. So he's going to be dead last again. So he's used to that. So to me. I'm a little pissed off about it when when I hear that this guy, you know, his background's a lot, a lot like yours. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. <laughs> that gives me so, a headache. So, <laughs> I do not think that man is our head coach. Yo, I hated it. I hated it so much. I hated it so much because the thing is, so first, first, that's classic Rex. So it is. It is. That's classic Rex. He's inheriting. They've got to understand. Robert Sella is inheriting. How many years of a dumpster fire, horrible team? I mean, we as Bills fans sympathize with this more than ever. You just haven't been good for a very long time at all. And you're trying to get the one guy that's going to fix it and turn it around. And uh, Rex Ryan definitely wasn't going to do that, no matter what, how badly they wanted him to. And, you know, he's inheriting this team that is even worse off that's still just trying to find their franchise quarterback. And it seems like when you do that, the rest of the team slowly seems to fall into place if you have the right GM and the right head coach. Do I think he he will do a good job? Yes. 
He's just got to get the right players. And right now he does not have that whatsoever. He don't got him. He don't no. got him. And the biggest question for me with the Jets, um, and I think it's the biggest question in, in New Jersey right now, they they don't know who's going to be their quarterback. They, they yep. spent a first round draft pick on a guy. And then you got this guy who's been in the league for three, four years who hasn't started, who hasn't been great. And now he's coming in running the offense a little. Now he looked horrible. Mike White looked bad against the Bills. Yes. But he's looked good at other points of the season. So yeah. I, I think there's there's some concern and discussion there. I, it might not be public yet, but I promise you, Mike White keeps playing like this. And then, you know, I, I could see it being a little uh, quarterback controversy out there. You agree with that or you feel like I might be um, kind of jumping off the – Jumping oh, off the no, with I that agree. Team. Like you saw the Jets get a couple wins that nobody thought were coming. I mean, against the Cincinnati mm-hmm. Bengals team that looked absolutely incredible. Nobody saw that coming. So, I mean, you don't know what's going to happen next year. I mean, they've, he's definitely proven that he's worthy of a starting position, at least maybe not on, you know, 30 other NFL teams, but on the Jets. Yeah, that's totally feasible. Yeah. <laughs> you can yeah. see him go at it next year. I don't know. Is that Wilson versus White? Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. So let's let's end this thing out. Let's let's get you on out of here. But before we do, um, Sunday we we face the Colts. Now I don't I don't do um, on the code of conduct. I don't do like the game predictions. I don't do all that stuff because it's still early. It's Tuesday. So Hump Day Hotline tomorrow is when me and Joe kind of start to look forward to the the next game. So just just for tonight, I just want to know for was this last Sunday was this our um, Hail Murray moment? You know. Like, like now are we back after the loss against the Jaguars? Now it's like, okay, the hell Murray happened. Now we're about to run the table till we get to the AFC conference championship. Are we, are we that at that space where you feel like, okay, this team is for real. Or do you think it's kind of like, okay, we saw that it was the jets. Now we're going to go in here and see what we do um, this Sunday against the Colts who are a better team than the jets. Well, of course you had to bring up Hale Murray again for the freaking fourth time. No, I just sorry, I live in Phoenix. I, I live it's okay <laughs> between that commercial and then people were talking about it being the one year anniversary today. I was like, really? Oh, like, that was today. I think so. Oh snaps! Oh snaps! Okay. I don't know, but either way, I've seen it everywhere this week, and it's just really annoying. It's not that it bothers me anymore, but it definitely does because it's like it wasn't a Super Bowl play. Let's move on. But anyways, well, for them, it was, though. They didn't even make the playoffs. So for them, that was the biggest moment of their season. I know, but it's treated like it was a Super Bowl play and it was just not. Yeah, no, I feel you. Trust me. I but wish to speak, you would. But to speak to your point, um, I think we're going to see the same. But I think that might have been their motivating factor to be so disgustingly embarrassed by a team that's absolutely horrible and you can't even score a touchdown against them. I mean, and you're poised to be the Super Bowl contender for the AFC. Everybody's talking about you. Everybody's talking about Allen, your offense, your defense. They're both number one. You're literally on top of the world. This is the first time you've been spoken about like this in how many years? And you get so embarrassed by a team that's absolutely horrible. They can't even string together barely three wins in the last two years. You know, it really gave, I think it humbled them a lot. Mm-hmm. Not that they needed it, but I definitely think they weren't really focused last week. They didn't look focused. And, you know, you heard that from the Jaguar sideline, that they just didn't look characteristically like a team that actually wanted to win that week. Yep. So to see them come into this week so serious and businesslike against a team that they absolutely should embarrass, and they did, shows me that they want this and maybe they were looking too far ahead into the playoffs and the Super Bowl and not focused on the regular season. So I think going into this week, 
I think you're going to see a very same type of energy, focus at practice, none of the dancing, maybe a tiny little bit to celebrate the Jets win. But I don't think they're going to go overboard like they did with it midway through the season. I think they're going to really power through this week. I definitely think they're going to get away with a win. And, you know, what worries me is they have a short week after that. So I guess we'll have to see. I mean, this is going to be a hard couple of weeks for them to really prove, you know, is this the the Super Bowl contender that we think we have? Yeah, I'm, well, I know you mentioned um, afterwards the short week. I'm not worried about that. But, well, a couple of reasons. One, I'm not worried about the Saints. I'm not I'm not worried about. Um, but again, this is where I so this is where it starts to get weird for me. Ash, you got to help me because uh, it's like I don't know if I'm like being honest because doing content and you know this, like it comes with a certain responsibility where people um, like they really come to you for takes or they really come to you for yep. uh, knowledge about certain things. So it's like I tried my hardest to always be as um, like I take all the emotion out of it, unless I'm talking about Tremaine. Like when I'm talking about Tremaine, all bets are off. It's like, that's my dude. I love him, whatever. But but otherwise, I try to be very honest about it. The thing is, obviously, I thought we were going to beat the Jaguars. But I'm not worried about the Saints. I'm not like Alvin Kamara is a is a worry for me. Um, is he going to be healthy by then? I don't know. Is he going to be, you know, who's their quarterback? You know, Jameis is out. So we got Taysom Hill. Are we scared of Taysom Hill? I mean, like, no, are we scared but... of Trevor Simeon? Like, who are we? Like, that, so that's what I'm saying. Like, are we scared of these guys? I just, I don't, the defense is what is what gives me confidence. So, like, last season, yeah, the offense is like, man, we're scoring 35, we're scoring 40, but the defense was shaky. So there were times where it was like the other team was scored just as much. And it's like, okay, if we get the ball last, I'm confident. Now, I just don't think, I don't see teams consistently scoring 25 on us true so i guess that's where i'm at it's like yeah josh is gonna give us 25 30 yeah i don't see y'all scoring 25 30 on us so that's where i get i guess that's where i get my cockiness from but i don't mean it to be cocky do do you see it similarly or are you just saying like look it's the game every week we got to play because it's a different game and we saw that with the jaguars calm down spence yeah and i mean no i i do like your point like i didn't really guess think of it that way but it's definitely true with this defense I guess I'm still like in last year's mindset of last year's defense where you know you didn't know week to week what they were going to score because they could run up 30 35 on us one week and then we get a shutout the night you didn't know but this year that's different and I kind of forget that sometimes and take it for granted I think so but you're right I mean Josh should be putting up 25 30 points every week and these teams probably aren't going to hang that on us so I think I think you have a really good point there well, I, ho- I hope I hope that um, I hope the way I see it is accurate. <laughs> like I just, I agree. We go through and just run the table and and um, put the, set the league on notice, like you know, because apparently the Patriots set us on notice with Mac Jones. But yeah, but it's I just, hope that yeah. I don't know. It's at any given yeah. Sunday mindset that just worries me in the slightest because like the Jaguars or like the Dolphins against the Ravens this week. Like you don't know sometimes. You really don't. True, true. I just true. You're right. I'm not even we don't have to keep going on that. I just like I said, I just feel like we're we're a better team. So, but let's get on out of here. Ash, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you uh, on your socials, what type of stuff you got going on or what you got coming up and uh, we'll get on out of here. Yeah, for sure. So you can find me um, at Ashley Petty underscore on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Lots of good stuff. We got the good charge line from 26 shirts out right now for uh, the ladies. We do the fitness line. So go check that out. I have a link on my Instagram. 
Um, Why So Serious Pod re-ramping uh, for next year. So keep a lookout for some awesome announcements. We have a couple awesome people coming up with us next year. Really excited for that. So just keep an eye out. Um, I already forgot the Twitter because I haven't been on it much, but I'll definitely let you guys know at some point or another. We'll be promoting a lot more when uh, next season rolls around. So we're really excited for that. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. Because honestly, like I said, just just hearing um, Steve, not just Stevie, but also I miss you. That's what I said. I got to get you on a code of conduct because I miss hearing you talk. So that's why Ashley is on. Ashley is on here, everybody, because I was like, damn it. I miss hearing you talk. So thanks for doing a chopper with me a couple of weeks ago. Thanks for doing this. You know, I, I just I always enjoy talking. to you. That was fun. Thanks for having me. Sorry, it was a little rusty uh, on the chop up uh, last week, but uh, or two weeks no. ago now. But um, this felt really good. I'm glad to be back in the realm. I need. I'm. I'm excited to get back at it. I miss it. So. Well, you you don't have much rush. You knocked it off quick and easily. So, <laughs> and ladies you. and gentlemen, just so you know what she was talking about um, at when we went to resurgence. I know I talked about it earlier. I just want to shout it out again because I need y'all to go and buy it. Not just because it's the Buffalo Rumblings IPA, but I need y'all to go buy it because we are still raising money and we're still having a food drive for the Haven House of Buffalo, trying to help women and children escape in domestic violence situations. Please, please, please go to resurgence, go to Wegmans, go to consumers, get this beer. And when you get it, take a picture and take a selfie with it. Let me know that you got it. I promise you it's for a reason. I'm, I'm going to put something special together at the end of the season. I need to see all y'all with your Buffalo Rumblings beer and gear. If you got any, actually go ahead and get that chop up hoodie. That thing is that thing is smacking. I think it fire. is pretty sweet. Yeah. So, but Ash, again, thank you so much for coming on. And y'all know how I do it over here with the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network and YouTube channel. It's your boy, Jay Spence, the King. Y'all take care of each other, love each other, and live in peace. And as always, stay positive, test negative. Go Bills. Go Bills. Code of conduct.